Hello and a warm welcome back to all our Wood Chatters. Thanks for joining us for the latest in this series of podcasts produced by Forest and Wood Products Australia. I'm Victoria. And I'm Sam. And today we're continuing our mission to uncover some of the most innovative developments within the forestry industry. Today we'll be finding out about a new tool which aims to predict forest climate impacts with just the click of a mouse. Forest managers will now be able to gauge the likely effect of the climate on growing conditions within their specific areas thanks to new technology developed by the CSIRO with funding from Forest and Wood Products Australia. So, what exactly is the tool and what could it mean for the future of the industry? We're catching up with CSIRO research scientist Dr Patrick Mitchell to find out more. Hi Patrick, uh, welcome to Woodchat and thank you so much for inviting us along to find out more about what sounds like a pretty impressive innovation. No problem Sam, it's great to be able to talk to you today. So take us right back to the beginning. What initially prompted you to undertake this research? It was pretty evident that there wasn't a lot of information that was available for forest managers out there specifically on those types of risk factors that they might be interested in um, for managing forests and thinking about planning and adapting towards the future conditions. So really after talking with Forest and Wood Products Australia, we saw that there was a, a need for, for some tailored information for the industry and that prompted the project. So what we did first, um, rather than me start by thinking about my science and, and build that directly into a tool from the start, we consulted heavily with the industry and that was organisations across Australia that were interested in this topic. So that steering committee that was initially set up helped form the tool. And what we normally do in this case is we look at what sorts of decisions will be affected by these types of climate change impacts that we, we produced in the tool. Uh, and that directs then how do we take all this really diverse information uh, and the masses of data and actually how do we make it meaningful for, for changing decision making. Can you tell us a bit about the development process? Where do you start when taking on a challenge like this? Yeah, it, it's definitely a, an iterative process. So, And as I mentioned, that starts with, I guess, if you like, thinking about where you, the science uh, and, and the tool that you're going to develop, where it's going to actually make the difference in the management of forests. So that obviously looks at what are the types of decisions that are being made around that in that context. Uh, and these are decisions that are often around longer term planning about where forestry estates will be put or managed into the future. But then there's also some of the shorter term management and, and site preparation and those sorts of considerations. So yeah, we start at, start at those decisions and then we look at what are, what are the, what's the climate information that can inform those decisions and how can we then start looking at the data, the latest science in climate change projections and take that through to a, a communication and a support tool um, that will address those decisions. Okay, so let's talk the details. What exactly can the Forest Climate Risk Tool predict? So as I've mentioned, the Forest Climate Risk Tool gives the user an ability to look at specific decisions around forest management or look at collection 
of predefined climate layers that uh, related to the risk of plantations and forests more broadly to future climate scenarios. So what that includes is uh, information around changes, future changes in temperature, but not just mean temperature. We wanted to look at um, changes both at the mean or how averages are going to change, but also those shifts at the extremes. And that's captured by climate information such as the number of days above a certain temperature threshold or the number of heat wave days, which is also an important factor in affecting uh, the heat stress of forests. Uh, or that can also affect how pests um, and their abundance change through time. Uh, we're also looking at another key stress around water. So that's changes in rainfall, once again, both at that average change in rainfall, but also at the extremes around drought periods, how more frequent they might become or how um, more severe they might become for forests. And so that information allows managers to assess what we really think now is a, a really important part of the future climate, which is those extremes um, and how they're going to impact on events such as tree mortality um, and pest infestations. So maybe you could give us some more detail about why that kind of information is useful to the industry going forward. So the Forest Climate Risk Tool ultimately wants to help forest managers improve productivity and decrease risk predominantly from climate change. And this this is really critical for the forest industry because there's a long period between planting a forest and eventually harvesting uh, and that risk can be carried for decades and those risks include things such as the heat waves that are presented in the tool, droughts, the risk of pest infestations which occurs often uh, due to changes in climate so the, the tool really helps the industry to get a better handle on those risks, improve their climate literacy, and by that I mean just trying to understand better how climate change scenarios can inform their risk management. So we, we hope that this tool kind of puts all that information in a, in a format that they can readily utilise and digest and it helps you know, their future planning. So talk us through the actual process of using the tool. Like, is it complex or could a hopeless technophobe such as myself even manage to figure it out? So the tool is designed so that anyone accessing this, even with relatively limited ability to, to both understand that climate information and navigate, say, mapping tools and things like that, could readily access the information. The tool includes user videos that give a brief overview on how to use the tool and that can be a handy way to get first become familiar with the tool. But overall it's a reasonably easy to use tool and gives the options of displaying the information in a text or a graphical sense and also the users can actually download the data that they're viewing uh, which can be really important if that data is going to be used for reporting or something similar to that. I've been online and given it a go. I looked at the most likely scenario for South Australia's Mount Gambier area in 2050 compared to the previous 30 years and the results were fascinating. The tool predicted a two degree increase in average annual temperature, so 16 degrees in 2050 
versus 14 degrees today. So quite the increase. Yeah. It also predicted four more high fire danger days per year, 31 in 2050 versus only 27 a year today. Wow. Okay. And five more days over 35 degrees per year. So 12 days over 35 degrees in 2050 versus only seven a year now. Okay. So what does all that mean in terms of how it's going to impact log growth? Well, combining this information with further modelling outside of the forest climate risk tool, we can predict a reduction of between 5 and 15% in total volume at harvest in 2050 when compared with the results we'd expect if the current climate remained unchanged. When you hear the stats listed out like that, it all sounds pretty frightening. It suddenly becomes evident how important having access to this kind of predictive technology could be for enabling smart planning in the future. It sounds like you still will be able to grow trees in Mount Gambia in 2050. Unfortunately, the same thing can't be said for every part of Australia. So I was wondering what were the next steps. After all, it's one thing to know that there are future risks, but it's another thing to decide what you need to do to mitigate them. Well, I had a chat with Dr. Michael Battaglia, who's Research Director, Agriculture and Global Change at the CSIRO, and he spoke in a bit more depth about the decisions being made by growers today and how these models might impact those decisions. So what we're, what we're trying to do here is actually create sort of an, a, a, a view of the future and the risks that they're going to be that are different than the present. Our forest managers, our, our workers in the forest know how to deal with the current situations and, and are used to doing that. But of course, we know that the climate's changing and that the future is going to be different and that the past may not be a good indicator of future risks or future profitability. So what tools like this allow us to do are recast the future and think about it differently. The sorts of things that might influence um, a decision maker are, is the germplasm I've got? Is the land I've got suitable for the future? Because you're making a decision now that may might be locked in for 20 or 30 years. And things like recurrent droughts, fire frequency, all act as a discount back against our expected yield, in addition to the way that rainfall or temperature change might change the underlying productivity of forests. We've also got other decisions we're making in the forest, building roads, building infrastructure, are all based in the end upon expectation around the return frequency for low frequency events, high rainfall events, high wind, wind events, that we make a decision around, you know, we build for a return period of 50 years or 100 years. But we again need to be understanding whether that historical baseline is indicative of what the future might look like. And then we're also designing work situations and equipment with mind to how our people in the forests are safe and how they're, they're going to function. And so those decisions around are extreme weather events, really high temperature events, going to affect worker safety or operations? And what does that mean for the sorts of machinery we have, the alert systems we have as well? So you're right, the challenge here is to go from just lots of information to how does that influence decisions. But the first thing is to have this directional information around how things are changing. Interesting stuff there from Mike. So back to the higher temperatures specifically, and it sounds as though that means higher fire risk and also increased heat stress on trees, which in turn means lower productivity. So thinking about it a bit more, 
Logically, it seems like growers might plan to combat those higher fire risks with increased firefighting capacity on the ground. They might also counter heat stress and lower productivity by adapting their planting rotations over the next few years. But some growers might even use the models to identify alternative regions to plant in, so those predicted to offer better growing conditions in the future. It really does open up the possibilities for smart planning. And now back to Patrick. So yeah, the tool originally was aimed at being a proof of concept on how you might start presenting this information. So the tool currently gives the, the climate information and those climate variables. The next step would be to use that information to model changes in productivity and growth. And we've got a lot of capability here at the CSIRO to model that with our forest growth models. Um, that information can then get a, a finer scale picture on how the, the, the forest stands and their productivity and risk might change into the future. So all of that information is only telling us about the impacts and really what's key here is how do you respond and adapt. So we've got quite a lot of um, experience in understanding adaptation and adaptation responses, whether they be small incremental changes or more transformative. So we would hope to, to embed in, the in, a, in a future version of the tool, both that information around future productivity, but then what are some of the options and scenarios that could be applied to then adapt to those conditions um, to maximise that productivity under those scenarios. There are a number of practical measures that forestry managers can do at their site in areas where they might expect higher drought risk. One approach is to reduce the number of trees in that stand and while that can sometimes affect productivity, that can also reduce drought risks through reducing the consumption of water by those forest stands. Another approach that's probably a more of a long-term strategy is looking at the tree genetics. So selecting for traits that might enable better tolerance of high temperatures or drought stress. And that's something that tree breeding programs would aim to do. And forestry managers might look to use those genetics in areas where there is greater risk. So Patrick, what sort of response have you had from within the industry? Yeah, the forest risk tool uh, has only recently been released uh, and colleagues in the research community who've had a chance to use it also find that that's going to have value to them uh, in, in their research and understanding uh, future changes in forest climate risk. There's also some interest in other primary industries, in agricultural sectors that uh, are looking to around how they might plan for climate change. And given there's only limited um, tools of this kind, this type of format and, and type of tool might be of relevance to them if we can modify it and um, make it more appropriate for their decision-making needs. Okay, so the big question, how much does it cost? Because from the value that it could add, it sounds like it could end up being quite expensive. The tool is absolutely free. So we give access to the tool mainly just to keep 
track of who's using the tool for future updates and communication. But yeah, the tool is available for, for those to use under our terms and conditions. Oh, amazing. So if any of our listeners wanted to test it out and, and see how it works for themselves, what do they need to do? They can have a look at the Forest and Wood Products page and follow the link there, and then they'll be given access details. Yeah, speaking from experience, the tool was really easy to use. It was really interesting. It gave a number of different ways of exploring the different questions. So I'd really encourage you to register to use it. It's free. And um, yeah, we'll put a link on the bio for this episode and you can uh, use that to work out what you need to do to register for the free tool. Well, thank you for talking to us today, Patrick, and for sharing all the details with us. It's actually been fascinating. It certainly has. So that's it for this episode of Wood Chat. I hope you'll join us again next time. <laughs>